0: let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of She Coaches Coaches. Today is a special episode. It is packed, jam-packed with four different guests. Yes, four people, each of them completely unique, each of them with a completely different business. Now, these are all interviews that I did on the one-day event called Potapalooza. I met so many interesting people. I learned so much, and it was refreshing, invigorating. There's nothing like getting together with a bunch of heart-centered entrepreneurs and having great conversations. So here are four different people. Each of them, they get a brief introduction. We talk a little bit about their business and their approach, and then we wrap it up. Now, if you look at the episode notes, you are going to see each of those people, the ways of getting a hold of them, the ways of finding out more about what they do. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did creating it. And welcome to this episode of She Coaches Coaches. I am so pleased to welcome a guest today, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her. Now, here's the fun thing. This is one of this series of interviews that I'm doing, part of a one-day event called Potapalooza, and I have met some of the most amazing heart-centered entrepreneurs, and this woman is no exception. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Diane Alexander, She is a voice teacher, a confidence catalyst, energy codes, certified master trainer, best selling author. She has just done everything. She's got such a wealth of knowledge. And let me read this to you. She empowers speakers, presenters, and coaches to freely communicate their heartfelt message with confidence and authenticity. Diane, I'm so glad you're here.
1: I am delighted to be here, too, Candy. I think we have a lot of things in common, and uh, it's, it's my great pleasure and actually joy to be able to uh, assist people to do things that they didn't think that they could do. And when they do it, their eyes get so big, their hearts open up. I mean, that, that's like heaven for me.
0: Oh Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So I know you showed me already, um, just as before we started recording that you've got your singing bowls here. So tell me about them. Tell me about what you do,
1: how you work with people just I want to know it all. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) Well, let's see, where should we start? I know where we'll start. Let's start with the confidence piece. I like to go in right where the people get stuck the most. Which is, if you're getting ready to have an interview or a conversation that's a little scary, or you're getting ready to put your toe on the stage and things are a little bit nervous about it, something takes you over sometimes from the stage fright, which is the fight, flight, and fright response. And your neck tightens up and your chest goes down and the energy goes to your limbs so that you can either run away as fast as you can or put up your dukes, or hide, please don't see me. One or the other, none of them are going to help you get your job done. That's true, but there's a couple little hacks that we can do to, In that moment, turn it around. So you can only, you only have to deal with that for a moment. So first let's prove this to yourself, tighten your neck, you know, your neck goes up into your head as tight as you can really get it tight. Now try and inhale. <laughs> it's really hard. Now do the opposite your head like those little bobble dolls people put on their dashboards. Yeah, with the head bobbling, put your hands on your belly and inhale through your nose. Notice it's way easier to get a deep breath. And when you have loosened the joint, you've started to unlock the fight and flight response. So the trapdoor that shut you into emergency mode Now opens back up to creativity and connection and when you breathe through your nose down into your belly that activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which brings you back grounded brings you back to the place of Oh, here I am. I'm back. Um, There are two other tools, but I think I'm going to jump to the one you asked about because it's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, Quartz crystal has long been used in electronics for decades because it has such an even vibration that can depend on it for signals. We are also crystalline, mostly water, it's crystalline. When we have a day where something's gone wrong or doesn't feel right, our vibrations are a little wonky. They want to be even, they want to be calm. So when It's very much like when you go into a room and someone's in a terrific mood. You want to go over there because they make you feel better. Or if somebody comes in that's grumpy, you kind of, I don't think I want to go over there. But we feel it. And in the same way that when we're a little bit off, we want to go toward normalcy. These beautiful crystal balls have that ability to bring us back to even. So I'd like to give you an experience of them. Um, Earphones are good if you're on Zoom but uh, just notice in your body what you're feeling right now. Is there anything tight? Is there anything uh, lumpy? Is there anything spacey? Just notice where it is. And then this is your journey. No right, no wrong. Notice, does this make a difference? Do you center? Do you not center? Does it irritate you? Does it calm you? Where do you feel it in your body? the last little end
0: of the sound Mm, lovely
1: i know i hate to stop them i want to stay quiet until the very end did you notice any change in energy or uh
0: yeah always um and so you know for the listeners i was sharing with diane at the beginning of our conversation that it's been a busy day and i was feeling kind of spacey and so i would did some eft tapping beforehand but since then, I've talked to three more people. And so just that in that instant of the sound of the bowl, suddenly everything just moved back into that whole peaceful feeling. It's amazing how fast it moves and how fast we can change. And and I have to highlight that, yeah, you had a little bit of a bobble. You kind of clinked the bowl and not... You know, but it's okay. It just, it actually, you know, in some ways it's perfect because we can see how fast we can go into that place where we decide that we feel good and we can feel it resonating in our body and we can see how fast we can shift, right? Like for us to notice that is an amazing thing to know that we have so much more um, capability than we might normally give ourselves credit for. Ah, I love that. And I, I can have, still feel, I can still feel the sound. Ooh, that's so cool. Nice. Mm. nice. Wow. So tell I me, how do you work th- with people? I want to hear all about it.
1: <laughs> it's fun. Um, I have all manner of things. I work with people. Some are one-on-one. And some are, are, I have a course, Stage Confidence Nervous to Network in Six Weeks, in, in which there are things that we study, but then you have the actual practice because it doesn't do any good in theory if you can't actually do it. And then there's um, practice places where you can work with it. Uh, And there are physical, I took you through two physical things that we do. There's mental, emotional, and energetic. The sound for me goes through energetic. And what if I, there's one more favorite one about shifting energy, because people uh, don't think about it too much. But when I was uh, a church soloist, I was the alto. Fred was the tenor. And when Fred would walk out on the the pulpit where he was going to go sing with his big choir robe floating, you could hear a pin drop. Everybody loved Fred. And, you know, I was a fairly young singer just in college. And I said, Fred, how do you do that? What do you do? They just love you. And he said, I send them all love. I look at each out at each and every one of them and I send them all love. And talk about pivotal things. That was really pivotal because my whole life had been here. I got to give you what you want. I got to give you what you want. I got to give you what you want. And he didn't. It wasn't here. Please like me. Please like me. It was, I'm going to send you love. I'm going to send you love. And it was uncanny how the minute... I came out and did that for the first time you could feel the energy coming back from the people in the congregation you could just feel that cycle of energy and in that moment everything shifted so that's another quick thing you can do when you're nervous worrying about you send them love so even even in a difficult conversation you're going into they're doing the best they can i mean we're all doing the best we can but these short little tools that we can use, I like to start with those. Then we can work on the longer tools, of confidence muscle, because it's like anything. It's a skill. It's a habit. You know, and we just have so much fun. My background's in theater and music and energy, and uh, we have just so much fun. Because uh, don't you find through play, we get a lot farther. Because oh, play totally. makes them not good enough monster. Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so neat, Diane, is that I teach a lot about confidence, too. and It's nice to hear you describe the three Fs. As well, I talk about the three F's, I actually add a fourth, but that's not neither here nor there. But what I think is really important is that the people who listen to this podcast, you might have heard me talk about this, but now you've heard it in a different way, and it's going to um, impact you in a different way as well. You know, these same truths about living in a body and how our body reacts when it experiences something that it considers stressful or dangerous. It's good to know that, but if you don't do it, which is just exactly what you were saying, and you don't practice it, you don't notice the difference. And then the second thing that just, I love this, these little synchronicities that we've experienced today. I have um, a secret that I share with all my one-on-one clients. And I tell them that the one of the most important ways, the most important things that they can do as they're building their one on one practice is when they're sitting on a consult with somebody and they just love them. They just look at their face and they love them and they listen to them. And it is like to be validated, to be seen, to be heard is so important for people. And even if that person never decides to be your client, to know that they had 5 minutes even of being fully seen and loved and heard, it can change the trajectory of their life. So I just I'm so thrilled that you shared that with us because it was like, yes, that's exactly the kind of <laughs> stuff that I talk about. It's so cool. Woo! And again, your way of saying it different than my way of saying it and there's just there's so much possibility for us, right? So it's been brief, but it's time for us to draw our time to a close. The people who are listening, there's going to be people who say, oh, this Diane, I have to find out more about her. How can they find out more about you? Where can they get in touch with you? Where can they see the kinds of things that you do?
1: Well, the easiest way is to email Diane, D-I-A-N-N, no E. Alexan- at dianealexander.com, which is also my website, dianealexander.com. And uh, later, if you like, I'll, I'll give you some links for two special gifts. And and one is a PDF of the details on doing a really radiant performance. It's five off key, stage keys to on stage radiance. And if you follow them, it's in the details that really make it excellence. And I think I'll throw in a link for a sound bath for your people. It's a recording of these beautiful babies. So just a little bit longer so you can put it on your iPhone or something. And when you're uh, getting ready to go on to uh, a speech or something, you can take your loosen your neck, take your nice deep breath and listen to your sound wave and go in centered. (laughs) Sending them love, of course. Yeah.
0: Diane, it's been amazing. I think we've only been speaking for about 10 or 12 minutes, and you've shared two physical ways. You've given us a demonstration of the power of healing sound in the crystal bowls. You've given us an explanation about our fight and flight. You've covered so much in such a short time. and. I love it. So thank you so much for joining. Listeners, you're going to be able to click through to those episode notes. You'll see Diane's email and a link to her website there as well, and also some information about how you can access those free gifts that she's offering. Diane, thank you so much. Again, it's been a pleasure, and I will talk to everyone next week. Bye-bye. Hi, friends, and welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I am interviewing a most remarkable woman today. This is part of the series of interviews that I'm doing as part of Pottapalooza. Now, if you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, you're gonna have heard some of these. We did these interviews on March the 5th, 2022, and every conversation, every interview that I've had has been so different and so magical. So I'm so pleased to share them with you. Now, let me tell you about this particular guest. Her name is Janelle Anderson, and she is a confidence coach for women business owners and leaders, and she helps them to embrace their, grace, their greatness and know the immense value that they have. This is so they can fully show up, they can stand up and speak up in fearless confidence. She discovered a path of deep healing and transformation in her mid fifties. It enabled her to finally break off the shame that had held her hostage from a deeply traumatic past. And since then, her newly released book, Take Center Stage, is out on Amazon. I am so looking forward to this conversation with her. And I want her to tell us all about the book. And it looks like I need to give just a second here. We're just going to leave this in because this is the kind of interview it is. It's a casual conversation. Let me tell you this title again so you can go to Amazon and check it out. Okay. Take center stage, be the star of your own story. And the author is the woman that I am introducing right now, Janelle Anderson. Hey, Janelle, I'm so pleased to have you here on the podcast.
2: Hey, Candy, I am super excited to be here with you.
0: So tell me about this book. Tell me, what is here?
2: This book was incubated, I have to say, over about four years. It asked me for four years to write it, basically. Actually, probably longer, but it took me four years. It is partly my story from, or my journey, I should say, from a timid, traumatized woman who really was shut down didn't realize it though. I never thought of myself as having been through trauma. It was just something I had done. And so it was all my fault. And so I'd carried around this load of shame for years and years, 30 years, 30 plus. And when I finally unpacked all of that and processed through all of it, I I always say it was like the real me began to emerge out from behind, behind the curtain out onto center stage. I sat there one day as I was, thinking about my book and in the middle of writing it. And I sat there one day thinking, I feel like I'm taking center stage of my own life for the first time ever. And I was 60 something. I mean, I was, by the time I wrote the book. So that realization was amazing. And I thought, I I actually love who I am now and I actually know who I am and I can come out on center stage and just say, here I am (laughs) not ashamed unapologetic and just really happy with who I am so that journey was so powerful that I had to put it in a book and when I looked back through the years of journaling I've been journaling for 30 some years through, through this whole time in my life from the time I was in my 20s when all this stuff happened to in my 50s when I began to just wake up and be aware and I was reading through years of journaling seeing this path this journey Of coming into my own and overcoming a lot of things that had held me back and didn't and I didn't realize it and coming out from behind that curtain and saying here I am and really loving who I am and so out of that emerged this what I call the star process because I could identify phases that I was going through that I had gone through and so that is what the book follows it follows that journey each chapter begins with one of my journal excerpts and a quote and a scripture so it kind of sets everyone up for that chapter each of those four phases is kind of lined out and there's a workbook that goes with it so anybody reading it can kind of they can really embark on their own journey and do these exercises and begin to unveil their true selves as well And by the end of it, hopefully they're out on center stage of their own life as the star of their own story. So it's part my story. It's part self-improvement. It's part spiritual wisdom. It's part practical advice or guidance. All mixed into one.
0: sounds amazing. That sounds so cool. And I like that there's a workbook to go through there. Um, if you can see the wall behind me, you can just see some of the journals that I've been writing in. I go through about one a, once a month. So, so amazing to think that you've been journaling for so many years.
2: Yeah. And that
0: like, you know, and that your true self, your higher self mm-hmm. was actually writing this book all along and, you know, putting those little breadcrumbs in place that you could take all of this knowledge that you've gained and create such amazing work about of it. Can you tell us a little bit about the STAR method that you mentioned?
2: Sure. So S stands for stir up your soul. And at the beginning of my, I call it my waking up, I was in my mid fifties when I was really jarred awake because I realized holy cow, 50 some years just went by really fast and I'm not happy. I feel stuck. I'm not fulfilled. What am I going to do? I need to do something now. It was this urgency and it's like, you know, when you're in a deep sleep and your alarm goes off and you're like, "Ah," you know, just like awake and you're trying to figure out where you are. That's what it felt like and that set me on this path. I decided in that moment, I'm going to find out what it is I am meant to do for the rest of my life and I'm going to pursue it. I'm not going to let anything stop me or get in my way. So when I began down that journey, I, the the other part of the stirring up your soul is saying yes. And I discovered that I had been saying no to myself a lot. And so I began to say yes instead. Yes, I'm going to pursue this. Yes, I'm going to not settle anymore. And so then you're awake in the stirring up of your soul and you're starting to look at your life and ask yourself those questions like, who am I and what am I doing with my life and where am I and what's happened to bring me here? All those questions. And you began to really dig into that. And for me, it brought me to the T, which is tell yourself the truth. So as I began to like really look at these things, that's when I realized there's a lot, in me that's hidden away, stuffed away that I haven't dealt with, that I've tried to forget ever happened, but it's still actually getting in my way. It's making me feel not very confident. It's really affected my sense of self-worth and I have avoided looking at all that stuff because it's unpleasant and I really don't want to talk about it and look at it, but I, I actually need to. And it was the best decision I ever made. So I began to go through a process of just getting some counseling and and, uh, inner healing work and just going back to the past that I had tried to avoid, unpacking it, talking about it and seeing for the first time that the shame that I had been carrying all these years was really based on untruths, not truth, that there was something wrong with me. And that's why I was drugged and raped by some guy in college and that's why I was trafficked by my boyfriend and all the other things that happened because somehow I was defective that had been a lie rooted in my heart. So during this phase I began to uproot a lot of those lies and I began to challenge them and really begin to see the truth for the first time ever because I never thought I had been raped I thought it was my fault. I never thought of myself as having been trafficked. I thought it was my fault. And when that when I began to see all those things and just literally lay on the floor and weep over that young woman, myself, whose youth had been basically stolen, instead of being ashamed of her, I began to embrace her with compassion. And I began to see that even though it was hard, what I had gone through was really hard, It, it shaped me and there were some really good things I could take out of that. It had strengthened me and made me who I was. And I could take that and and build on it. And so that's a part of the truth telling too. And there's a whole chapter on forgiveness. Forgiveness is huge and letting go and really realizing that when you don't forgive, you are being held and attached to that event. And so forgiveness is for you. So I went through all of that. And then when I did that, I began to realize that I was stepping up and speaking up in places I never would have before. I was coming out from behind the curtain. I was like feeling confident and that's the A and that is like acceptance. You begin to accept who you are for all of you, all of you. Owning your story was huge for me. I remember that being a huge realization that, oh, that did happen and I need to own it instead of trying to ignore it. And once I did, it began this process of really embracing myself and loving who I am. And then that leads you into action. So that's the second part of the A is action, activation. I began to do things. I began to take steps and try things and take a chance and go for my dreams. Whereas before I never did. And then that leads into the R, which is this full flow it it stands for release the river we have this river of our true selves that flows you know you think of flow and power and rivers they uh they carve out a path and they affect the environment and they bring life and there's this powerful flow and that's how it feels now that i'm in this place it's release. it's flow it's the power of me being me and uh, so that is the star
0: process That's amazing, Janelle. I love that.
2: I do too. So cool. And so all along, you know, in that workbook, there are different things that I have in there and they're very uh, self-reflective. It's not something you can rush through. It's meant for you to sit with it and, you know, meditate and spend some time. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just going to check off these
0: boxes. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing with our personal work. You know, we've all got different things that we need to work through, but we are, our society is so like hustle action oriented. And so we think that then we should, you know, like you said, check the boxes, hustle through all this and be done with that. And, you know, like wipe our hands of it, but that's not how we clear and how we turn into turn into ourselves, like turn inward into ourselves, and then grow from there. So thank you for sharing that with us. That's amazing. So I wonder if I have any other questions for you before we wrap (laughs) up today. You know, I have no more questions. I just feel so complete with how you described your star method. And I know your book is amazing. And the workbook has got to be just the best thing to go with it as well. And it's been such a pleasure meeting with you. So anyone who is interested in connecting with Janelle, Janelle, how can they get in touch with you? Of course, they could go and get your book, but how else can they get more into your world?
2: Well, they can visit my website, which is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. And they can always email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. That's
0: amazing. Uh, (laughs) So listeners, it's in the episode notes. You can just click through. You can click right through to her website. You could go and have a look at her book. And just if this spoke to you and you just know that she's the kind of woman that you'd like to get to know a little bit more, I highly encourage you to click through and get to know her, get into her world. Thank you so much for joining me, Janelle. It's been such a pleasure. I have an interesting guest. Her name is Mary Sloan, and I met her at that amazing one-day event called Potapalooza. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mary before we dive in. Mary is. And honestly, she is a spark of light. I've seen her at a couple of events, and I just, she's the kind of person that just catches your eye. She is a passionate speaker about how and why authors and speakers and coaches need to become influencers in their space. It allows them to naturally charge more make a bigger difference as people listen to them differently, and then actually follow along with them. Mary interviews people on a live show that airs on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and is ultimately posted to her podcast called the Inspirational Influencer News, People Making a Difference. She is an inspiration to other aging folks, and it comes naturally to her. She's a senior but she's not slowing down, not even a little. And she is constantly giving, helping, and generously supporting others. She's affectionately known as the techie grandma, and she inspires others to step out of their comfort zone and reach for their lofty goals, not stay in that old comfort zone. Mary, welcome. I'm so pleased to see you here.
3: Tell me more about what you do. Well, I loved the idea of being the techie grandma. When somebody said that, I'm like, what? Because, of course, I'm challenged by tech just like everybody else. But I will go conquer it because tech has to be at my whim, not at somebody else's, because that's how I can make a difference. And I'm here on earth to make a difference, you know, not just to kind of live. And I think that's really important. And that's what I want to offer to other people, too, is the fact that age doesn't matter. It's just a number and I'm not. So I am however I am. And if I can run circles around people 10 years younger, 15 years younger, that's OK by me. Yeah. <laughs> I work at it. you know. I mean, there's things you have to do. You have to stay active. You have to stay connected. You have to stay up on what's going on in the world, what's new, what's exciting. And that's where I get my juice. And I think that that really can help other people because they, when they realize what a difference they really can make by daring to be an influencer. So really, when you get out there and you're willing to say who you are, do what you do, make sure people actually understand what it is that you do and how you can help them. And you come across as really committed to helping them. Then all of a sudden the world opens up and you know, I I really like to help people. Um, I often say to people, well, when I sit in a zoom meeting and don't we all live on zoom, I have press logos around me when I don't, when I'm not on camera. So that immediately tells people she's different. I love to show people how they can have that difference making immediately and how that can follow through with them and make them stand out in a crowd.
0: I've got a question about influencer, just the word influencer. How would you define it?
3: I think I would define influencer as someone making a difference in the world. And it's not a social media influencer. As far as I'm concerned, that's a bad rap on the word influencer because they have an audience that may follow them or may not follow them. You go through what I think are the bad parts of social media, where you garner a following, not real connections and I think the connection is what's really important. And influencers, in my opinion, really value the connections. They want people to like them by being helpful and being a system to others. And when that's your modus operandi, the world gets easier because people come to me.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting, right? This... um... So this definition is is different than a lot of the common terms in online business, and this idea of making an impact, serving people, going out to help people, and then creating a business because of the relationship and the connections that you're making. And so, you know, when, then when you said this um, piece about, well, then if you've only got two hundred followers on LinkedIn, who's going to believe you? But a- actually, if you could. Influence, like actually connect and support 200 people, that's more than enough. What do you think?
3: Well, it's true that's more than enough, but it comes with a lot of people will reach out to connect with you and they do have something that they'd like to sell you. Fair enough. That's it's a business platform and they're not really open all the time to something else. That doesn't mean that I can't be friends with them. It doesn't mean I can't connect with them. I may see somebody I can refer them to, which is the whole purpose of LinkedIn in some respects is who are you and how can I help you and who can I refer you to? But there's a lot of fear around LinkedIn. I find in that people expect to be sold to. And so there's that which you have to overcome. And a lot of people that I connect with aren't necessarily my ideal target audience. I'll see if I can help them. If I can, great. If not, their connection and it adds to their credibility. Yeah. So a lot of the
0: listeners that listen to this program are successful, in their life and now they're transitioning into adding maybe a side business as a coach or maybe they're going to move into being a full-time coach specifically with linkedin and using your um, approach of influence what would you suggest are the first steps for them to take
3: well first of all as a marketer because that's my background and i've been marketing online for quite a while is um, message market match. You have to know who you are speaking to and you have to know what you are offering to them because everybody that I talk to who's relatively new to this whole world of online marketing, et cetera, goes, but I can help everybody. And that's what we think. But people can't hear that because if you have a message and you go out there, I can help everybody, then people don't know whether you can really help them. There's a kind of disbelief about you can help everybody. You don't know me well enough is, is the, to know whether or not you can help me. Whereas if I say I help you know, coaches, authors, speakers, now they know who I'm talking to. And especially when I add change makers, because I'm not helping just everybody. I'm looking for people who really want to stand out in the world, want to help make the world a better place. And so that, of course, helps me find the right audience.
0: So knowing who you want to help, what exactly are the kinds of things that you can help them with? And then using a very clear message to make that connection so that they can actually start creating that relationship, the beginning of building a little bit of trust to create a further relationship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear you. Wow. We've covered a lot. I really appreciate (laughs) the time that you've spent. And I know that my listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Because so many of them are professionals, they definitely have presence on LinkedIn. And so your guidance is really going to be helpful. So people who have heard Mary, and if they want to find out a little bit more about you, what is the best way for them to get in touch? What is the best way to
3: find out more about you? Sure. So it's linkedin.com forward slash I N forward slash. Mary-K-Sloan, dash dash and that's spelled S as in Sam, L-O-A-N as in Nancy, E. And lots of times Sloan's now become a first name and doesn't have an E on it, but mine's a last name and it has an E on it.
0: Okay. Awesome. Oh, Mary, thank you. This has been great. It was so nice to meet you. And I know that there's lots of people that could really um, use this, these thoughts about creating relationships to be influencing and be an influencer and specifically on LinkedIn. Thanks again for your time and welcome to She Coaches Coaches. So let me tell you a little bit about Steve. Steve and I have just met like uh, five minutes ago. We're taking part in a really interesting event called Potapalooza, and here is some of what you need to know about him. So he is a Canadian, as am I, and he's an award-winning global speaker, and he's been doing this for over 30 years. He trains and mentors executives, thought leaders, and professional speakers around the world, He's got all kinds of accolades and letters behind his name, and you'll see them when you look at the episode notes, but I'm not going to tell you those now. I think the most interesting thing is that he travels the world, or at least he did before COVID, and together with his wife, Jane, he travels the world. They speak, they train, they mentor, and they help those people that they connect with, and of course, the people that that impacts through the spoken word. So welcome, I'm so pleased that you're here. Tell me about the kinds of things that you do.
4: Sure. So as you said, my wife, Jane, and I were traveling around the world. Now we do it virtually and we work with a number of different groups, but primarily here's what we do is, you know, there's so many experts in this world and coaches are are a big part of this. You know, this candy is a lot of these coaches, they've got these great stories. This is some of the reasons why they come into coaching. They got great stories and they, and they got great experience and they got great wisdom and they want to take all of these things. And what they want to do is help people with what they've learned. And they do that through podcasts and through Writing books and through speaking. And so what what I do is I help them craft the message because a lot of them really have this massive story and it needs to be condensed into a message that is digestible through all the different formats in which we share our messages. And so the primary thing that I do is I help experts, coaches, teachers, authors, entrepreneurs, help them craft the message that they need to, to be received by their audience in a way that the audience can receive it. So a lot of my clients have big stories, um, big you know, catastrophic events that may have happened in their lives, and they don't know how to craft and deliver those stories. So my job is to help them learn to craft those messages, uh, position the audience so that the audience can receive those messages well, and then deliver those those messages. And my clientele has gone from um, you know aspiring speakers to award winning national, international, professional speakers, and everything sort of in, in between but it's sort of the messaging that really is where we focus. And my wife, Jane is a mindset coach. She's known around the world as the seven figure mindset mentor. So she helps people develop the mindset and the belief system that they need to stand in front of an audience live or virtual and actually release what's inside of them that they may have been holding back their whole lives. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. What an amazing partnership
0: you have with your wife. So Considering that most of the people who listen to this podcast are coaches, they're Mm -hmm. relatively new coaches, but they have experience being successful individuals in their own right. What would be the first
4: place that you would have them look? The first thing that I would have them do is look at how they're explaining what they do and who they are, because there are some patterns that I see in not just coaches, a lot of entrepreneurs, but particularly coaches. And so I'll ask them questions like, you know, if, if there were 10 of you standing against the wall, why would I pick you? And there are certain answers that come up all the time. And there are answers like this. Well, I've got a certain amount of experience or I've got a certain amount of education or I've been there myself. I, you know, I have the experience that my clients have. I give great customer service and, and those are very standard answers of differentiation. And the first thing I help them to do is understand that those are not differentiators. They might be selling features, but every other coach on the planet that they speak to is going to give some version of that same answer. So then they usually go to their story. They'll say, well, nobody has my story and they, and I try help them to understand that's true. Nobody has your story, but most of the other coaches have a story. And so they're claiming a story, which makes everybody kind of sound the same. So I try and shift their belief systems around differentiating themselves and then help them understand that there's a different way to differentiate without using the same, you know, sales techniques or the same sales uh, processes as everybody else. So that's the first thing. And I have because if I don't give them that understanding first, then the messaging usually sounds the same as everybody else's. So the messaging has to be profoundly different from everybody else. So what I tell them is, you know, you don't have to be different from anybody else. If you're a life coach, you don't have to be different from any other life coach. But you do have to appear to be different in order to stand out. So my job is to help them appear to be different. So the first thing that has to happen is they need to wrap their mind around that concept. So appearing to be different, you know, and when I think of coaches, you know, coaches,
0: um, it's kind of an odd name, coaching Mm -hmm. skills. Now, there's an important thing. Um, But being a coach is sort of a weird, generic, amorphous Mm -hmm. thing. It is. So that's really interesting. So to look at somebody's story and then realize that getting hooked into the story may not be the most effective way of approaching that new client or approaching that new relationship. So what's next? What would you do next with somebody? Yeah.
4: So let me give you an example of where this would go, and then I'll, I'll explain what we would do next after that. So I'll give you this example that I use with audiences all over the world and it'll only take a minute. So. Um, What I do is I'll ask an audience, I'll say, put up your hand if you or somebody you know is in the market for a tennis instructor. You know, I'll say, put up your hand. And and nobody's hand ever goes up. And then I will say, you know, there's 100 people here, let's say, I'm going to say that 30 of you are either in the market for a tennis instructor right now, or you know somebody who is. And they're kind of thinking, well, how are you going to show that? <laughs> you know? so, so I say, let me tell you about this guy named Brian. Brian came to me about 17 years ago. He said, Steve, I'm, a, uh, you know, I'm having a hard time getting the business. I'm meeting the people. I'm talking to them. I'm collecting the business cards, going to all the meetings. I'm doing all these things. I'm not getting the business that I need. I said, well, Brian, what do you do? He said, I'm a tennis instructor. And we see what the market is for tennis instructors and coaches do this very same thing. So we taught Brian this principle about you don't have to be different, but you do have to appear to be different. And we taught him that you appear to be different by changing the way you think about your market and changing the way you speak about yourself. So if you saw Brian today, he would say something like this. You said, Brian, what do you do? He would say something like, well, you know how sometimes kids have all this energy and, and they get, uh, you know, they're bouncing off the walls and the parents get so frustrated because they have no idea what to do with these energetic kids. He'd say, well, what I do is I take kids of any age, I bring them on a tennis court, and I absolutely exhaust them, and then I hand <laughs> them back to their parents. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked the audience, I put up your hand. If you know somebody who might be in the market yeah. for a tennis instructor and all right. of a sudden everybody else, everybody's hands go up. So the point, and it happens every single time all over the world. And so the point about this is, is when you change the way you think about what your market needs as a coach, and you change the way you respond to that market in terms of how you speak about yourself, just changing the way you think, changing the way you think can literally mean the difference between I'm not interested and tell me more. And so this is the concept of understanding that all of the differentiators that we think separate us from everybody else really make us sound and look exactly the same as everybody else. So once we get that understanding, the next step is to start working on how they think about their market. And there's a whole process about that. But here's the sort of the crux of it is this, is we need to understand that your market is not looking for, for a coach of any kind. Your market is looking for something else. They're looking for a design. Outcome. And oftentimes they don't even know what that desired outcome is. And so there's this process I use called Deep Thought Strategy. And and, and what what we need to do is we need to demonstrate a unique understanding of our clients or our market's condition from a perspective they have never before. And, And so we start looking for that. So, how can I demonstrate? How can I get in front of an audience or a group or a prospect and demonstrate? That I have a unique understanding of your world, of your condition, from a perspective you have never considered before. And so that you can makes you go, you know, I've never actually thought of it like that before. And that's how you differentiate. Without spending all this time and money on, on branding, you know, like James Melichek was saying on a, on a program you, were, you and I have been on, um, you, know, you know, don't spend lots of money on, on branding to stand out, um, but the messaging is mission critical. And so that's kind of where we go with all of this.
0: So what I'm hearing is, and, and correct me where I'm wrong, is that thinking about your client, your potential client, what's really going on for them, like what's really bugging them, and then so in your example of the tenants, tennis instructor, we're not talking to the, the kids, we're not talking to the teenagers, you're talking to the parents who are experiencing a challenge that is a common everyday challenge. Like, you know, most people who have children, that is one of the things is they got a lot of energy and we want them to grow up healthy and strong and talking to their challenge as opposed to setting the here's the. the um, the the fill, fill in the box problem that I solve talk to the emotional challenge as opposed to saying I'm a tennis instructor do you want tennis when really what the challenge is is they want their children to be healthy and strong and to burn the energy so that they can enjoy the relationship or they help their kids grow is that what I'm hearing Yeah, you're very, very
4: close. I mean you're hundred percent correct. Yes. No, well, Um, but I and I want to hear where the difference is. That's the yes. Okay. It's it's not a yes, but it's a yes and. Got it. Okay. The yes and is this. Yes, you do all those things. And you need to be able to tie that problem into your solution in a way that makes them go. I've never, I've never put those two together before on it. Okay. You see? And so this is the thing about Brian, the tennis instructor. And, and I mean, that's just a, you know, that's a, a simple example of, of the whole thing, but it kind of makes the point, doesn't it? And, yeah. and so it's, it's about, I've never considered what you do as a solution to this problem. And Everybody somehow that has...
0: creates enough of a question in the person's mind to sit up and take notice,
4: right? Yeah. Right. Excellent. And they go, I've never thought Lovely. Out of that, Made that connection before, and so that's dem- that's what I call demonstrating your unique understanding of their condition from a perspective they have never considered before.
0: Mm-hmm. Super, gosh, Steve, that's been so so helpful, and we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to wrap it up now. Um, what do I want to ask you? Yeah, first I will put your website in the episode notes. So for any of the listeners who are listening, you can find out more about Steve there, but let's just finish up. What one tip would you offer just in the last minute for that person? That's just like, just give me one tip. What do I do? Where do I start?
4: I would start by thinking differently about your target market, your prospects. And instead of thinking about the problems you solve as a coach, Start thinking about the problems they're experiencing that they might not associate with what you do. Think deeper beyond the immediate results of your skills, the immediate results of what you do. And what are the deeper life implications of what you do? And talk to those instead of the obvious problems that you solve. That would be the first thing.
0: That is so helpful. Thank you. I really appreciate your gift of information and the help that you've offered to my listeners. And I've learned stuff too. I really appreciate I it. it. Thank I'm you very so much. You. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up?
4: Well, just that, um, you know, Candy, I've seen your podcast. I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts. I I love the work that you're doing and I want to praise and recognize you for your contribution, contribution to, uh, to our collective community as coaches and speakers and authors and consultants, and congratulate you on bringing so many people to share their wisdom on your podcast. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Listeners. That
0: was amazing. Go check out Steve's website. Find out more about this. You're going to learn so much by getting into his world. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week. Wasn't that an interesting episode? Four different individuals, four completely different businesses, four completely unique skill sets and gifts. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode. And as I said, if any of those people, really speak to you, if they really resonate with you, check out the episode notes. I've got all of their information in the episode notes, so you can click through and connect directly with them. Now, before we go, I want to invite you to join me in the free coaches online business academy. This is my free resource library. Yeah, I said that word free for a reason. In there, it is absolutely loaded with all kinds of resources for new coaches. You've got stuff about choosing a niche. You have an essential checklist to get started as a coach in a coaching business. You've got videos and all kinds of things to help you out. I'll put the link for the Coaches Online Business Academy in the episode notes as well. And I really look forward to seeing you there. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening today please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.